Hello everyone, I'm Samir Kalra, I'm the co-founder for Pump Pump Pump. Hi everyone, myself Tarun, I'm founder, CEO of Pump Pump Pump. remember as a kid that my father was interviewing for a senior position in a five-star hotel chain and one of the perks of the job was a company car. In that era, a company car was the ultimate middle-class status symbol. Back then, I did not understand how this whole thing worked and I assumed that a company would just buy a car and give it to the employee. But the way this actually happens is through a fintech play. When a company gives a car to an employee, it actually leases the car as an asset and pays a monthly subscription for it to a corporate leasing company. The corporate leasing company is essentially lending money in the form of a car and earning interest on the loan in the form of the monthly subscription. Corporate leasing is a fairly well-established business because for an employee, it is a very tax-efficient option to opt for a corporate leased car. But this never really took off in India. In this episode of the Founder Thesis Podcast, your host Akshay Dad talks to Tarun Navadia and Samir Kalra Founders of the car leasing company Pum Pum Pum. Pum 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 is building up a car leasing business for India. They have taken the fundamental car leasing model and made some significant tweaks to it so that it finds product market fit at scale in India. And in this episode, they talk about getting the timing right, making use of technology as an enabler in an essentially ops heavy business. Stay tuned for this fascinating conversation and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app to learn about building solutions that scale in India from leading founders of the country. I started exploring finance industry. So I found interest around the trading ecosystem, how the stock market and the global ecosystem, what are the factors, how these things play, behave. And I found a good interest. So I think in my third year of my college, I participated in a competition around a virtual trading conducted by one of the, I think, India's leading prop trading firm, Future First. So they conducted a trade mobile kind of competition. So I got selected in top 50 and I received a pre-placement offer from that company. So after completing my graduation, I joined Future First as a fixed income trader. I used to trade fixed income market mainly in the US and European region. So during my college time also, I was sort of involved in a couple of startups, wanted to create some basic problem statement and wanted to create some solution for the consumer, for some B2B basis. So I think that there some angle of startup was there in my mind. Our trading was also quite a startup kind of experience because you are solely responsible for your personal PNL. So I spent two years. I actually came from a, a like a like a poor middle class background family. So basically, money was some first angle that I wanted to clear out in terms of my personal loans, my father debt, and those things. So I think two years that gave me a good opportunity to to sort of become stable and do something on my own. And that was the time I, I was sort of confident to take a risk. So 13, I joined Chaios as their founding team member. Chaios was very early, couple of outlets only. Uh, Chaios, I just opted because of my some personal interest in food, beverage, you know, like I'm, a, I'm an enthusiast uh, around cooking and those kind of things. So I joined Chaios, uh, knew nothing apart from what kind of work I'm getting into. Founder who is Nitin Saluja. So he's like, yeah, okay, you can go for the operations kind of background, which always need a person where you can manage a lot of people. 
people background could be from down labor kind of people to a very senior kind of people so that's how i got myself into the operational background so during my childhood days i was responsible for setting up of their outlet supply chain basic operations in store operations kitchen to uh, supply chain those kind of thing i think after one and a half year my major understanding that i wanted to gain from the childhood is to learn how to scale a business how to start a company how the startup ecosystem behaves how do you raise money and those kind of thing so so after one and a half year we raised money from tiger global so i was confident enough to move on and to start something on my own so 2015 i co-founded a company called plusapp.com which was into online online medicine delivery space we raised a million dollar we expanded our operations to hyderabad bangalore delhi etcr and it was more of a hyper local play where we enabled all the retail pharmacy stores and created a uh created a supply chain where end user can deliver medicine within like 30 minutes so that was our initial idea i think 2015 we we got ourselves into the same market shift where people from gmv started questioning about gmv approach and focusing more on the profitability and unit economics so for us to pivot to 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 scale our business with a new approach needed some good a good amount of funds i think that is where then we explored options of uh, merger so we received options from couple of industry leader and we got acquired by netmed so we sold our company to netmed how is netmed's model different from your model yeah so netmed was initially delivering their entire medicine from single warehouse that was that was chennai so they were like inventory led model yeah they were inventory led and against their competition which were like farm easy 1mg which were more of quick delivery play so i think netmed was struggling to deliver same day delivery in lots of major uh, metro cities and pharmacy and 1mg are they also inventory led or so 1mg that point of time was a mix i think a mix of inventory plus a partnership model pharmacy was purely so basically pharmacy started a more backward integration where they initially onboarded a lot of retailers and wholesalers and they also created a forward play where they onboarded a lot of uh, uh, retail pharmacy and they used to deliver their medicine from those channel but they used to refill their inventory refill whatever they consume and they used to give them some incentive so that was a very good model i think netmed was pure inventory led model delivering pan india from single warehouse so we created a pure inventory led play only at netmed but we created a hub and spoke model so we created a lot of warehouses so we created two mother warehouses one was in chennai another in delhi and then we created sub sub small warehouses in uh, hyderabad bengaluru kolkata your mumbai those areas so that all the metro cities can get their medicine deliver on the same day and the remaining areas can be fulfilled at least in two to three days do you think you took a wrong call of playing being an aggregator instead of owning the inventory like you were essentially your bottle was aggregator right like you were so when we started we used to share the same co-working place so grofers founded by another variety of bombay senior mr saurav so saurav saluja so we used to share so forup was used to sit in the grofers team so grofers was one of our initial b2b partner of chaios then grofers pivoted their model of this hyper local play and delivering groceries through their approach and they received a good amount of funding so the hyper local was something at that point of time flavor of the season exactly so basically and when I, when i was exploring new ideas so my other co-founder ati so they were into they were like your okay and uh, medicine is something which gives a good angle and the online pharmacy is something again where a lot of people are putting their money in and i saw the hyper local play how grofers pivoted and how the grofers from inventory to aggregate model so i said here why not apply the hyper local thesis on the pharma vertical 
and that gave us immediate funding so this entire thing along with our team everything we received uh, i think couple of months we received our first million dollar funding so but i think i think immediately suddenly that 2015 the sentiment shifted from the those gmv approach to profitability i think i think we we got stuck in that phase and eventually for setting up a inventory led model you need and yeah, so and at netmeds you were largely like in a coo kind of a role i guess like looking at operational efficiency yes so i was responsible for operational supply chain at netmeds so my initial role so i almost spent a year at netmeds immediately to set up their entire supply chain so i set up warehouses across different cities enabling new supply chain efficiencies which can bring that competitive edge along with their competitors So I think after one year, my major job was done, and then again I wanted to explore. So I learned a lot of things from understanding or being into the operational background. So I've always taken up those kind of challenges where to to create something you need to be strong on the operational front. The technology becomes enabler. So my my background comes from that that uh, angle. So I was not a tech oriented kind of a founder. I I wanted to explore those kind of problem which. people are not able to solve just by technology and there 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 are a lot of operational bandwidth or operational efficiencies required so after uh, netmeds i joined a startup studio called t9l as a resident entrepreneur to provide consulting support to some of their portfolio companies in healthcare space in food tech space but mainly buying some time for myself to explore new business ideas so i think i think that was initial used car was never in my mind because my my understanding of used car is that kind of thing was ki a lot of people have already into the used car market uh, there are old age players player like car nation mahindra maruti these kind of players that car they go car trade lots lots of people are there so i was working that kind of time more in the organic farming space my idea that kind of time i was working more interested in the okay farming is again where and the technology is one angle but the operational challenge was there in the farming or the agriculture ecosystem and i wanted to build a organic layer which creates a d2c brand play of organic goods which can be directly delivered to the end user so that was the idea we were working i think ustar as a problem came very interesting naturally to me and also made a good sense to my entire personality and entire things i found this is one of my friend over there at tiger was looking to buy luxury car that one of time and i was in the idea gear car that you, car you can easily buy from any there are a lot of market place there are a lot of spinny was there at that one of time cars from depot was also there a car depot car wale olex so i thought gear buying a car should not be a problem but i found a lot of challenges issues even when i was personally when i was helping my friend to buy a car i found ki luxury car of a value of a 20 25 lakh and nobody is giving me any kind of warranty the luxury car at that one of time nobody was addressing and uh, even someone who is willing to spend a 20 25 lakh rupees outcome was very very not supporting for, from the consumer perspective the warranties not uh, warranties were not there financing of luxury car no bank were ready to fund a used luxury car and then what confidence you are getting into a by 20 25 lakh rupees transaction and maybe after one your car can give you lot of trouble so that was the idea and then it it was a surprise to me ki why there are no options which gives me a a single platform to own a car without worrying about all the hassle i'm ready to pay spend big amount so that was the initial problem and then i started researching about the used car ecosystem and i, I it met the same criteria 
a lot of people invested a lot of lot on the technology like car deco car trade all these play a lot of the technology but the the outcome from a consumer perspective was not there matlab in terms of uh, warranties in terms of hassle free ownership in terms of financing a user is purely relying on his own or the dealer partner who help him figure out a car maybe the organized player till now till date they will they are more of a discovery platform so they'll, they'll give you a car with a basic warranty of 6 month that then help you get a finance from the banks but banks are not in their control banks decide which car they want to fund which car they don't want to fund what is the ltv everything as per the bank understanding after 2 year or 3 year when you're done with the car then again reselling you have to go out c2c platform or olx car sort before you sell your car so if you look at from a user journey the <laughs> the entire responsibility of car management maintenance all the risks associated with the car remains with the user only so that was the idea i i found and then i thought here the bug was big observation that we identified in the used car that the average ownership of a used car is reducing the currently the average ownership is only 2 year and new car ka it's 4 year so our thesis was very clear ki if the average ownership is only 2 year then why should a person buy a car i should technically own a car for 2 year someone should someone else should take care of everything in terms of car quality service maintenance purchase financing that was the idea and then i uh got to know the leasing the leasing play and then we found that okay, in india there are a lot of leasing companies but they are only limited to new car and that that again you gave me a surprise to why nobody is looking at a used car and then we found that all the leasing companies majorly globally owned companies so they come with their global mandates global sops and they they have a fixed proposition ki leasing only b2b limited to top blue chip companies at all so that was the initial thesis i found so i i started perform in mid 2018 initially with the idea of creating a subscription around the used car and first concept concept level understanding we wanted to create something where where the end user can simply get the car delivered so we wanted to do a poc so we took a debt family friends 25 lakh then i took some debt from the bank and then i think we delivered some 20 cars and then i was confident enough that okay this model has clear cut validation and clear cut demand from the user perspective and mid 90 we full fledgedly roll out the pop up subscription play i think december 19 i think once we secured the first round of funding so we we wait 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 let's get samir into the story first we uh, were by this time <laughs> exactly so december 19 is where where i met the samir actually so then uh, yeah, yeah so samir please so w- one request tarun your, your phone is ringing uh, so if you can yes yes samir yeah t- tell me your origin story here yeah so i been born and brought up into a simple punjabi joint family in delhi typical 1975 is the model that i am so it was simple punjabi family a joint family everybody was into service never anybody had ventured out into business so i went to a school called springdale uh, which is in dolakwind did my schooling from there went on to do my graduation from delhi university in economics so i am an economics graduate from delhi university but did my mba with a simple lifestyle started working way back in 1999 initially 7 to 8 years were in training and consulting so i worked with companies like hero mind mind which is part of the hero group but get into training and consulting and not typical manufacturing as as the hero group is known for then worked for a company called nit because at that point in time computerization was the mainstay right everybody was wanting to get into computers so you know, kind of did some, and i've always been into sales right 
So 2007 onwards, I, I joined the auto lease industry and since then have stuck to that industry. So I happened to work with the world's largest leasing company, which is Lease Plan, in various capacities for eight and a half years. As Tarun, you know, leasing has been prevalent in India for nine, since 1999. However, still in 2007, the back, the challenges were huge. I mean, people never understood what leasing is all about. So either people knew an outright purchase of a car or they knew taking a bank loan. There was never a third way of owning a car. So leasing was something which was very new. The few challenges which we faced initially to, to, to actually train the market or to educate the market about what leasing is all about. So we did that. Around 2015, I moved on to a company called Avis. Avis is part of the ABG group globally, US, which is in almost 160 countries. And in almost 55 to 60 countries, they also run an auto lease portfolio. So I was heading that as part of the management team. That kind of made my understanding very strong around the leasing thesis because I got to know the 360 degree view of how the business looks like, both from the operation side, finance side, sales side, structuring and, and various things that are required to build a business around that. That was around three, three and a half years, then moved to a company called Clicks Capital. Clicks Capital is, is an erstwhile company of G. It's erstwhile G Capital, promote, promoted by Pramod Basin and Anil Chabla, both founders. So there I was part of the organization as vice president for automobile business, looking after used car leasing and used car loans. So you're saying that used car leasing already existed? No, so it was used car loans and, and new car lease. All this while that I worked with, uh, as Tarun told you, most of the organizations have only stuck to new cars. Only we took corporates, right? I don't think as an individual... I can get a car. Absolutely. It was a B2B. However, used car loan was more to the individuals. It was in the retail, but uh, corporate was the uh, way that uh, auto leases were sold in this country. 2019, call it mid-age crisis. I completed 20 years working, always wanted to do something on my own. And because of my last experience, knew nothing apart from auto lease. So my last 12, 13 years during that time were already spent in that. And I was very sure to start something in that region. So that is where I left my job. Started consulting few people. So I've consulted Cardeco for a couple of projects. I've consulted Rev. They're into car subscription, just like Zoom cars. Happened to consult them for some time. And that is when I and Tarun met. The idea was astounding because all this while that I've spent in this industry, people have been asking this question that why, why can't you provide me a used car instead of a new car? If I so desire. And if you also look at it, actually, the, the market for used car is almost 1.5 times the market of new cars in terms of number of units. Yet, there has been not a solution to provide this. And, and Tarun and I discussed it at length. He already had a few cars, which he's already done. There was already proof of concept. Uh, I wanted to start something on this own. And that is how we got together. And I've always had a flair for only growth, looking at various partnerships. Tarun had his hand strong in operations. So I think it, it went out to be a perfect combination for both of us to really build pump up. And why is car leasing offered only to corporates? Is it that the underwriting for individuals is difficult and hence? It's one of the underwriting criteria. All the leasing companies that you've seen today, all large names, have their global headquarters. They are very risk averse. I mean, they would want to not go into the retail market. That's one. But having said that, Akshay, even if you look at the retail sector, despite having a huge demand for new cars, leasing really doesn't work because, see, leasing thrives in a situation when there is a risk of ownership. In a new car, typically there is no risk of ownership. So banks will give you loans happily. Risk of ownership? What is that? Risk of ownership is when you are not clear in terms of what am I going to spend on the journey of this car. Right. So if you take a new car today, all the OEMs are giving you back-to-back -back warranties. Banks are giving you 100% funding. Most of the OEMs are also giving you a buyback guarantee, which means whatever was supposed to be a risk on ownership, uh, OEMs are already doing. Why people chose corporate route is because there is an additional benefit of tax. So it is tax friendly. 
So it went through the corporate route and it was from the underwriting criteria very good for these leasing companies. But used car was very different. There was a real risk of ownership. It's like a black hole. So we always say buying a used car up till pump, pump, pump came was like walking into a hospital without health insurance. So it, it can go either ways, right? So you can buy a good car, you may not buy a good car. So it's a risk. So that is the leasing fit. Very well. So what was the uh, the model? Like, h- how did you price it? Like you did a pilot. So so maybe you bought a used car for 10 lakhs. And how did you price it on a monthly basis? What was the, I mean, j- just tell me about uh, that, like the, the details of that pilot. Pilot was very simple. So we did a very simple say, initial some customers who, who were interested in the idea. So they were, they were very simple approach. Okay, let's say if I buy a car of 5 lakh rupees, after 2 years, the market, I'll be able to fetch, let's say 2.5 lakh rupees of the same car after 2 years. So they know, okay, 2.5 lakh is the depreciation cost that I have to pay for the car. And then obviously for, let's say the duration 2 years, you will do a 2 week insurance, annual insurance. Basis your kilometer, average kilometer understanding for 1 year, which is around 10 to 50,000 kilometer. So there, there is going to be a 3 schedule surveys, basic. So we, we factored in those simple, simple costs. And the depreciation cost along with the interest component, okay? So for example, if you take a loan on a 5 lakh, then obviously you will pay interest on the total 5 lakh amount. Here what we are saying, okay, you'll give, uh, the principal recovery is going to be of 2.5 and the interest cost. So putting up all these costs together, that was a simple approach for the customer. And for the retail, we used to give him a cost comparison where there is going to be 10% cheaper when they opt for a subscription or leasing. Because of our, our involvement, we bring the economies of scale into the play. Whatever cost that a customer is individually is going to pay, our cost is going to be way lower. You take it from the procurement. If you're buying a car as individual, obviously at a sale, I'll buy the same car at slightly lower price. The service maintenance is going to be lower. The, the financing is going to be lower. So we make our money out of those margins that we create and we pass on the benefits to the user also. So the user clearly technically it's a cost effective and without any risk associated. What is the product for a user? He gets monthly, like like all maintenance is your headache. What about fuel and all? Matlab, what, just describe the product. Matlab. Who pays for fuel? Who pays for maintenance? And like uh, just... So actually the entire lease rental that we're talking about, monthly EMI covers your insurance for the entire tenure. It covers your maintenance, tires, batteries, scheduled maintenance, unscheduled maintenance. It also covers certain value-added services like pickup and drop, which means whenever you want to send your car for service, our chauffeur will go pick up the car and drop it back. So these are the value-added services which are all bundled. All you need to do is fuel it according to your mileage and and drive it. So as they say, fill it, shut it, forget it. It's typically that model. Wherein apart from fuel, because it is dependent on his usage, which is also obviously designed upfront, that is how the pricing is devised. However, the fueling and rest, everything is left to us to take care of. In our costing, we always factor in the costing from an average. So obviously, there are some cases, a 10-20% are going to be some rash driver, there are going to be some those kind of driver, but we have a very clear-cut wear and tear policy, like in terms of usage policy. So you can't use these cars in, in like rallies or sub-adventure, sub those kind of things. So the end use case is defined. Does a good driver and a bad driver pay the same? Because the maintenance cost would differ according to quality of driving. So generally, the the uh, uses are defined in the contract. For example, you want to take a one year 50,000 kilometers. Now, there is, there is a, uh, a guidelines of vehicle uses. So for example, what is covered? So there is well, like a minor stretches, a regular uses are, are technically covered in, in all the scenario. But anything which 
gives an indication because of abusive uses. Maybe for example, you, you drive a car in that way, if a brand new tire gets totally out in 5000 kilometers, then obviously there is a directly relation to the user driving. So those are those are the additional corner cases, worst scenarios are defined in the user's policy. So if a regular driver is driving the car in a regular way, technically nothing to worry about. But still, uh, uh, average users, because in India, it's not something like the roads, those are the things. So we have already factored in those kind of the, uh, costs in our maintenance uh, package. So 99% of the cases, we don't have to worry about. So yeah, end of 2019, you said you did your fundraise. How much did you raise and whom did you raise it from? So first, majorly from the syndicate platform, we raised uh, two and a half crore to Let's venture mainly, and then one year later, then we raised follow subsequent round. So the first round of funding was through LV and some group of individuals that they onboarded. I think there were a lot of business-wise, strategy-wise things that evolved after we raised the money. The first round of funding, whatever the idea we had, the way we wanted to scale this kind of business, we, we faced a lot of challenges. I think first round of funding, I think three, four months, we, we faced the COVID outcome. And the COVID in some ways supported this kind of business play because a lot of demand for the personal car started after the COVID scenario. But the, the challenges were more on the, the demand remains always high in this business model. The challenges were more on the financing side, the fintech side, Ki how you are able to fund, let's say if I have to buy 100 cars, then obviously you can't use your equity money to buy the 100 cars. And that is where I think our initial effort started. I think first, we were able to convince ICICA Bank, shown confidence in the model and they funded our initial line of money. But then banks will always come with a limited... Does, does uh, a bank fund individual car? Like would ICICA give you money for every car you bought? Like they would ask you to submit documents for each car. So uh, overall assessment, uh, underwriting is done on the company base. They give us a revolving credit line. However, the documents obviously is done on a car-to-car basis. Car-to-car basis. Uh, The underlying security is the car for the bank. So if you're buying 100 cars, then essentially you're getting 100 car loans from ICICI Bank in a way. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You were saying that you needed lending uh, or you needed lending partners to help you scale. So ICICI came on board. Then we initially thought, okay, okay, for a bank, it's a beautiful play because right now when banks fund in a used car banks generally treat used car as a risky category even though there is underlying security but the the delinquencies or the defaults are way higher than a new car loan and what we identified that the majority of the loans the default in the loans not because of the credit behavior or the credit issues they were majorly because of the asset failure that people start showing default tendencies because maybe after one year, my vehicle needs a one lakh piece repair and maintenance. They know that okay, after spending this much of money, there is no guarantee that this vehicle will not ask for more money. And then there is a principal outstanding and those kind of things, which leads to a delinquency kind of nature. So we believed that when, when we are taking care of this entire service maintenance thing, then obviously the, the, the delinquencies are going to be way lower. And then banks should give us infinite money. Basis our demand. But obviously when the banks, banks don't work in that way, they will always leverage our equity versus debt. And then we started getting into that problem where our equity was like, like 2.2. And then obviously beyond a 5-6 year, no banks will go into fund the debt. So that is where I think we, we pivoted from asset heavy to asset line. And then we started now more working through a fintech kind of approach. 
because the more demand i am only able to fulfill the demand if i have the right supply in terms of financing whether the supply from the car purchase those kind of ecosystem are well created other uh, demand is there both from the corporate world from the retail world that we are catering the biggest question mark is around the financing i think the entire initial post covid the asset line shift helped us growth 1000% in last financial year so we we created a model jabe what is what is the difference between asset heavy and asset light model in your business so in our business see in our asset heavy model the cars remain on our books which means we buy we take a loan and we give it out on lease in a asset light model we take a cars on lease for asset heavy you need to put in like maybe 20% of the car value and 80% can be financed something like that initially it was but now over a period of time when banks have also got the comfort of seasoning with us we we don't need to put in beyond 5% of the money for any car however having said that when we take these cars from our financial partners on an operating lease basis it basically means it is on their books which is not on our books we just value add and give it out to the end customer they would buy or you would buy and tell them okay this car i am buying on your books they would buy basis our assessment so we have the customer who looks at a car we assess the car and then they buy and they continue to treat it on their books the way they have to depreciate and we further sublease those cars to our end customers so we become a supplier to the product. so the, the difference is only that 5% of your own money that you have to put in between these two models not only 5% but also it makes us asset light see okay as you said if banks were to fund me directly i mean there is a limit there is a concentration of risk that happens right how how for how long can they they can't fund me for 1000 crores but if i have multiple lenders at the back end why not i mean you could work with multiple nbfcs and get 1000 crores each one that's what we are doing but it is a mix and match so what means is if there are people who are taking the risk on their books or buying these assets on their books my concentration of risk problems also gets sorted out so if i tomorrow immediately need say 20 crores or 30 crores of debt in one month a bank may not be able to support me but yes these leasing partners and these lending partners can support me without actually coming on my books okay so it's essentially like a mix like like these are different channels and and you want to maintain a healthy mix between different channels actually Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And what is the splits? How much is where it is not your on your books, and how many of your cars are not on your books, and how many are on your books? Like almost, I think sixty to seventy percent would not be on our books now. Seventy percent. I think initial ones that we that we purchased were on our books, and there are some cars, some cases obviously because banks lines we can't deny the the. the rates are better right obviously the excess with banks from a long term perspective is definitely in our favor so we always i think we believe it is going to remain in a mix of 60 70% remains asset light maybe 30 40% remains with banks which come, which give a comfort and don't create lots of risk concentration on top of so your uh, margins would be better when it's on your books right because you would probably anybody who's taking the car on their books is earning that extra margin which you are having to bear then absolutely the margins are better we get the benefit of depreciation as well however there is a limitation but as he said tarun said we maintain a healthy mix and we want to continue that way growing as well okay okay got it uh, tell me about your procurement process how how do you ensure supply of good quality inventory i, I would say that in used i mean any used product market it's all about supply like if you have good supply then the demand is there to tap 
So, so how do you ensure good quality inventory? So if you look at our supply chain partners, we have almost all the institutional players thoroughly tied with us. There are there are these platforms, you platform. What does what does that mean, institutional players? Institutional like- players like OLX, Cars24, Spinny. We take cars from them. We also take cars from all new car leasing companies. But our criteria of assessment of these cars is very different from where a trader would assess that car. So a way a trader assesses that car or typically a Cars24 will assess is whether this car is good enough to be run for the next three to four months and is it at a right value so that it can be traded at a better value. With us, since we are taking a risk for the next three to four years on that asset, the core assembly of the car is more important for us. Right. So we assess the car very differently. We have our own individual assessment criteria. There is also an assessment app. There are a team of inspectors who go out and assess the car based on the requirement that we have. So hence, the kind of supply that we are chasing is very different from what traders are chasing. So for us, it's, it's, it's very simple that the car has to run well for the next four years, three to four years. The risk is mine. And that is what also gives confidence to my end customers that instead of they haggling for the right car, they have an expert Who's going to take that risk? So it is in their interest that they get me a better car. So it works out very well from there. Apart from that, we also are, have a dealer model wherein uh, all the large dealers can can list their inventory with us, which is already pre-approved, which means these cars are pre-inspected, pre-approved and, and can be offered to the end customer as a, as, as a lease or a subscription. So this is the entire channel, how we how we operate. So uh, help me understand this dealer model. So you as a dealer, if you have 20 cars, we pre-inspect out of which five qualify for our lease program because the cars are good. Those cars can be listed on our platform wherein a person can come, choose, and there is already a price available. And the moment he says yes, we immediately go ahead and procure that car because we know where it is. So we run an inventory light model. Typically, we always run an inventory light model. We don't want to keep an inventory with us. It's just when the car comes, we will buy the car. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. It makes no sense to buy in advance because each person would have their own taste and preferences and what color, what model, and so on. And actually, that's the basic difference between a car rental company and us. In a car rental company, you first have a car, then you hunt for a customer. And the customer has a very limited choice. Without, it's the other way around. I'll first have a customer, he chooses his car, and then we go out and hunt for the car of his choice. Mm-hmm. So you're actually acting like a concierge for the customer. The customer would probably share with you his preferences and then you would go out, identify, share some options with him. Tell me the customer journey. Like, what is the customer journey like? So the customer right now uh, comes to our platform. They give us the idea. There are virtual cars. There are some dealer partner cars which are listed on our platform. User selects the car as per his requirement. What do you mean by virtual cars? Like So, so virtual car, but the basic, basically, uh, like, so we list a 2015 Swift car, for example. We, we also listed 2018. Okay, okay. Which you are confident that you will get those cars. Okay. So those cars which are commonly available in the market, plus the dealer real cars are also available on the website. User selects the car, simple, that give us a very simple token money in order to show the confirmation that he's willing to take the car on the subscription. There is a Credit check, instant upload of his banking, and we run a civil check through experience on user civil. So basically, the combination of his civil and bank balance, we basically give him a confirmation what kind of car he is eligible to subscribe from a pumper. Once those two criteria are met, third step is very simple: he gave us a month security in advance 
one month rental and we we procured the car and delivered the car to the user doorstep and this entire process is done within 15 days at best 15 days from the time he chooses to the time it is delivered Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so what would be the monthly subscription for say like a Swift 2015? Like so, 2015 monthly Swift uh, going to be some 18, 19,000 rupees approx. How does it compare to the EMI cost if like for a customer? Like like what is the match for a customer? If a customer was to think that okay, let me buy it and take a loan and pay EMI versus let me lease it, what is the match for him? If you typically look at a Swift 2015, will cost you around four to four and a half lakh rupees in the market market retail price, almost five lakhs. If the usage was to be say 12 months, because our product is available for six months, 12 months, and 24 months, if you were to take a loan for five lakh rupees for at best 24 months, your minimum EMI that you would be paying will be around 25,000 rupees, and and this is just the EMI that I'm talking about. Right. On top of it, you get need to get the insurance done, you need to get the repair, maintenance, and everything. With us, if the use case is only two years, he only gets to pay eighteen thousand rupees a month. Everything included, buys that car, gives it back to us. End of two years, either he upgrades or he's going to another city, can take another car. Everything is possible. He wants to extend the lease. Extension is also possible. So you know, it's typically ten to fifteen percent lower than. Then actually taking a car or buying it himself and then disposing after two years. But here also there is a there is a uh, good but the consumer angle like Samir mentioned that now it happens that user actually go for a four year loan because they look at the EMI. Now if I am planning to buy a five lakh car, then I know that okay my monthly spending capacity is fourteen fifteen thousand rupees. Then what I will do? I will do a four year loan or a five year loan. But average data of ownership says the user keeps car for two two and a half three year max. so the user actually passing on current problem to the future ki after 2 and a half year technically you cannot sell your car the user look at the emi that i'm paying 40 50000 but after 2 and a half year there is going to be principal outstanding and you got close you got sell your car first you have to clear off the loan then only you can sell the car so that's the complication that people get into when they take a loan slightly longer to the duration but but they are actually planning to own so the the subscription perfectly meets the criteria of the usability and you pay actually for the time that you are using the car the, the cost of ownership overall is lower through leasing than if you buy maintain and sell so that maybe a 5 lakh car you will sell in 3 lakhs so that 2 lakhs you spend over 2 years plus maintenance and all of that so that will be higher you're saying yeah well, three could be three could be two also whether there could be major issues also whether you buy a 5 lakh car as you make a normal scenario there could be a the used car market is a very gray market when the meter back Indian Indian issues. There are some issues which are very major, but at time of purchase, dealer just try to rectify those issues that they are not visible. Maybe for three months, four months, but they will come in in, in your life cycle. So, so those those things also leads to your future price. It can be it can be any anything. So, though nobody is securing your pricing. So, if you are taking a car for eighteen thousand for twelve months, then you are you are sure that even car needs an engine replacement. You it's not going to go out from your pocket. Your cost of one year remains same. Got it. I, I think essentially the biggest value add for a consumer, and if I was a consumer, would be the risk that you're taking off the table. Even if there is a price differential, or even if there's no price differential, but that risk is a big deal. Got it. And you raised another round in 21, right? How much was that? And- So the next round, then we raise around six point five crore. That was, I think, mid April two thousand forty-one, and uh, we recently, uh, I think, four five month back, we raised a two million dollar, uh, includes equity and some venture debt put together. So and so, 
So what is the what are the things that you need to unlock to grow 10x like like what are those challenges in front of you right now So I think visually was the financial partnership I think now we are very confident with the kind of base ecosystem that we have created the lending as a problem getting solved and uh, uh, now the demand is not a problem so we are both in corporate and retail right now we are only in two geography delhi and chennai and bangalore so for even us to go at 10x whether we can immediately start our services in hyderabad pune bangalore with other metro cities very easy the demand is definitely there plus the corporate side is is still holds immense potential because there is a clear cut precedence of the base level which already be established from the new partnership company So all new car leasing companies jointly put together. They have an active fleet of 1.5 lakh car, and which is even because of their in a very I'll say limited scenario where the eligibility or the the option available for car lease is only VP and above, like top 10%. Because of the long term requirement of four to five year, the adoption even though there is a tax benefit, lease benefit, but the adoption out of those 10% still remains very low, not more than 10 to 15%. So technically, in the top blue chip companies, one to two percent is the lease penetration. What we have seen in our offering, companies are very comfortable opening our policies to top forty, fifty percent of their employees because that is where the used car, entire used car ecosystem makes sense for larger audience. And there are all the leasing traditional issues that generally company faces in terms of launching a lease policies. We have very much flexible, uh, very much simplified our leasing proposition for the companies. So now even a startup, a well-funded startup, can simply open our lease program for their employees because it gives them a good retention tool for the companies. It's a very HR-friendly or HR policy uh, which they want to roll out for for their employees. So what we are seeing that companies are technically opening our policy to forty, fifty percent people, and used car is something where usability is not long. I mean, one two year. So demand is also almost eight to ten x higher. Then what a new car leasing companies are having in the company. So these are the good channels. Plus retail remains a very huge opportunity. But right now, retail basically because of our direct exposure on the users, so we keep our major focus on the corporate. So I think seventy seventy five percent of our current portfolio is through the corporate lease. Twenty five percent is the retail subscription because the the risk of default remains with Papa. Okay, so we there we only underwrite highly credible user. a good salary people only but now we have some some plans to to create a model where simply the risk from can be spread to different lending partners okay instead of we taking risk people will take risk on the retail user and those are some some future plans that we are working out but remaining with the corporate and the existing play we are confident with the current growth rate i think we will 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 touch 10x maybe in couple of year very easy so your corporate customer acquisition must be happening through like a sales team how do you acquire retail customers so retail customers are through the digital digital journey is basically digital marketing is book ads yes So, uh, longest lease plan is like twenty-four months. Uh, what happens after twenty-four months to the car? So, the car. There are three options that the user has. Either he can surrender the car and move on. He can surrender the car and upgrade. He can extend the car. All three things are possible. What we have seen as a consumer behavior, almost eighty-five to ninety percent of the people whose leases have ended have actually remained our customer. Which means either they have upgraded or they have continued to use the car. 
there's hardly been a person who's once driving a leasing car has gone back to owning. I mean, that that in my entire career also, I haven't seen many people. Once you start driving with that comfort and with that kind of a thing, you really don't want to own a car. If, if somebody surrenders a car, then what? Does it get reused in the platform or do you sell it? or like It gets redeployed. It gets redeployed. It comes back to us. It is refurbished once again. It is cross-checked for every parameter. And based on that, if it is ready for deployment, it is up on our inventory list and, and our sales team is free to redeploy that. Car. So what is the role of technology in this business? Like what are the touch points where technology can make an impact? So the user journey, basically the onboarding of the users, the entire thing remains with technology from the partnership perspective. So what we are building to our workshop partner, to our dealer partner. So we are giving them enabling basically a dashboard kind of thing where they can simply upload their inventory. We have an uh, in-house inspection team basically to do the vehicle inspection. So the dealer gets a verified report of their vehicle also, which they can use for their sale purchase also. The workshop partner gets a regular business with Puffpuffpum. They have a clear-cut understanding of which car coming mapped with that workshop so that the repeat job can also be assigned to those workshops only. Then basically there is an IoT device which is enabled in all the car, which is a, it's a GPS enabled device which helps us monitor the vehicle health also and the user behavior also. Okay, so the kilometer can be monitored on a, on a monthly basis. The driving pattern gives us the indication whether a user is a good driver or a bad driver or a registrar. So those are the things which are basically we have also created a driver score also. That is right now for internal use also. So our system knows that okay, it's a good driver, bad driver. We can actually give on give out incentive to good driver also and bad driver we can keep a watch on those people. And initially we used to do put the OVD device, there's an onboard diagnostic device, which used to give all the health parameters, like your engine temperature, your vehicle, like performance parameters, whatever things you see on your dashboard, everything so gets monitored in real time. So our idea is to use that device to basically get a, get on a preventive approach in terms of vehicle maintenance. So instead of a vehicle, instead of some minor issue, which can possibly leads to a bigger issue at end, ending up with a high amount of repair and maintenance, we can actually identify issues at source and rectify the issue without adding up high high spending on the service and maintenance. So, but but the challenge that we face in the OBD device that the current OBD device are majorly designed from the fleet operator perspective, which are only, only wants to to do the geofencing or the driver monitor, but they are never designed from a retail or an individual perspective. And the compatibility of these devices are also not uh, very friendly. So what we have seen, even we have tested one of the best ones, but they are not compatible with all the cars. They are compatible with 50, 60% of the car. So that is where what we have what we have done, we have stopped uses the OBD device still time, be able to receive good amount of funding so that we can deploy some funds on the R&D side of the OBD device, which we can create for our own purpose, which can actually enhance the user's safety, enhance the vehicle performance also. User are unnecessarily getting stuck on some highway. It's better if he gets updated of some possible, which can lead to issue. So idea of our, our technology is to make the vehicle fully kind of like, like tech enabled. So anything, it, it, it's a car, the car can go wrong. But our idea is whatever the best form of technology we can use, so that the user experience remains seamless throughout the use. Like if there is a breakdown of a vehicle, then the user will just call you and then it's your responsibility. Absolutely. There is a 24-7 roadside assistance already available. He can just, car can be towed to the nearest workshop and he can go back home safely. So that's not an issue. Everything has been bundled into the price 
that we've already done for it as, as the end price. So, so idea is it's not only about maths, it's not only about financing, it's not only about risk, it's also about convenience. I mean, there is a huge amount of convenience with it. We've also seen especially a lot of interest from women drivers. I mean, generally women who are traveling, students who are traveling, once they get stuck, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful model wherein you don't have to take a risk on anything. And your usage is very, very limited and for a very limited period of time as well. So that is where this this entire bundled offering takes takes really makes a lot of sense for the end. What is your fundraise pipeline looking like? So so that seems to be like the key unlock to really grow 10x, right? So so what is that pipeline looking like for you? So currently, I mean, basically in the market scenario, like the the funding plans we have we have taken this decision. Okay, okay, maybe for six to one year, we remain focus on our core parameters we want to make this entire piece right before we scale we are continuously focusing on the profitability we are already EBITDA profitable so funding in this kind of business is not so we are not earning a lot of money so technically for our current business we don't need good amount of funds what we are planning maybe for a year to focus on the profitability and to scale in our current territories so that once the market current market scenarios they recover uh, the kind of uh, amount and kind of valuation that we are seeking. So we are planning to use our ask at the right time when the market conditions are upward. And unlike the the burning models, we don't have to rely on the funding. So that is that is one key key the approach we always take internally. Ki if a single car is not making money, then it's better to keep the car idle. Without, we never give out any car if it gives me a burn or And actually, this time also gives us the opportunity to assess the risks that the business carries. We are continuously monitoring the risk and also taking steps, both in terms of operational efficiency and compliance, to, to cover our risks as far as possible. So that once we grow, we only have to focus on growing and nothing else. Rest, everything is sorted out. So this gives us a wonderful opportunity for the next six months to one year to do that. Okay. So you mentioned about a plan to reduce the risk on your books. I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, see, it is still under process. So what really happens is we are looking at a model wherein the end risk, the way we have just done for leasing for ourselves, is, is something that is also passed on to the lenders in the retail sector as well, right? So so which means we don't have to worry about scaling up. It's an individual to individual risk that the lender takes. But that's still under process. I, 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 I believe actually it will be too early to talk about that. But yes, that's a model. Building, which which obviously will shape the future of going into the retail and will also pave the path for us going into retail. That would essentially be like a matchmaking service. You would find a lender who's willing to, or, or an investor who, who's willing to fund the car for a particular buyer profile. And you would probably have some sort of a platform fees for enabling that matchmaking plus the maintenance and uh, all the operational work that you will do. Something like that. Well, we said our core will always remain to us. We will be underwriting the car. I mean, we will be taking the risk on the ownership. It's just about a matter how we can scale retail and in which the risk can be spread from the financial perspective. That's the model. Rest, everything will remain the same. There's nothing that's going to change for the, the idea. The idea of uh, spreading the risk rather than taking by pump, pump, pump will pass on the risk to the lender. So the lender can be many, like maybe a HNI bank, private limited individual, whoever wants to put money. And there are people who are planning to uh, buy a car, take a loan, leasing, subscription. So we, we uh, that's very, very long uh, uh, vision. But idea is, ki, okay, right now people who are planning for a two-year, three-year subscription, there is a partner, simply, there is a matchmaking and uh, basically basis that and we give a user summary, okay, it's credit, everything is there. If there are some user, credit score is low, 
आर सिस्टम कैन शो क्योंकि प्लेटफॉर्म for that kind of aggregator and without us bearing any risk and we keep our service maintenance everything insure so that our lender know that asset is secure and our customer also knows ki okay the asset is being taken care of so you said you're focused on profitability give me like some breakdown like say we talked about that swift 2015 example where you would charge 19000 per month what would be the profitability for you in that what would be your cost in that so so basically on a monthly basis we make something around 15 20% kind of profit Uh, on a month or month basis that is basically from as a combination of our uh, financial cost plus service maintenance cost the insurance component that we factored in and then there is there is a 5-10% kind of margin we make on the resale of the vehicle so for example let's say after 2 years if I have decided to resell the car so the residual value that we factor in the, that they are generally lower uh, 10% lower to the expected market resale price Okay, so th- then that is where we we make some of our money as a margin. So in total, if you look at, but if I if I uh, accumulate the entire uh, my sourcing margin, procurement margin, or my resale margin, and along with my service maintenance, sure. So we are we are making a twenty five thirty percent kind of uh, gross margin on a month on month basis. Okay, H- how do you offer service maintenance pan India? Like that would be pretty expensive, right? Like you said, roadside assistance. Is it through third party tie ups or? Yeah, it is through RCV. Companies like us thrive on on partnership models. So, actually, in the used car space today, you have a lot of people who are aggregating a lot of workshops, Pan India. So, just to give you an example, today as we speak, our 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 cars are running in almost fifty cities. We are managing, even though we are sourcing customer only in Delhi and Bangalore, but but my 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 customer base is in almost fifty five cities spread across the length and breadth of the country, and uh, we've been managing it beautifully. I think the Google rating says it all. We've been rated at four point seven as amongst the top most leasing player. in terms of customer service so the partnership model is something which is working very well for us it doesn't put us into drain of any capex it's a pure opex it is based on need and and there are terms and conditions which are pre agreed there are turnaround times which are pre agreed and it's a pretty standard practice in the leasing industry how we work so i am guessing someone like a go mechanic might be that aggregator of workshops that you would be working with to there are people like bosch there are people like pitstop there are people like go mechanic and then there are obviously authorized players as well there is authorized workshop network from the oil which we also have at leasing from a core logic also always so starting this business model 5 year back was difficult because of these these infrastructure was not very organized why we start this model or make sense now because now buying selling of vehicle is not a challenge you can buy car from car 24 digitally real time in like 30 minutes previously the the entire buying selling was offline or like so creating a model so the service maintenance kind of like home mechanic these kind of layer created a layer your insurance companies digital insurance companies created a layer so leasing is a basically a a, a bundle bundling of all the organized layers which are there in different different pieces we club it together and we bundle it offering a single solution to the customer so so that's how the leasing always makes sense got it got it okay okay amazing so uh, essentially today the leasing business is more about financial engineering and and being able to do good financial engineering than about operational operationally heavy kind of workloads and if someone was to like end in the middle of the lease like you said that somebody got a job change and had to change cities or whatever then so we have a very flexible tenure uh, what generally leasing is leasing is like funding traditionally right so you want to foreclose a lease i mean it is like foreclosing a loan 
in which there is a market value, there is a penalty, there is an outstanding book value, and there is a market value of the car, which which God knows what is right and what is wrong. Whatever leasing company says is right. But with us, we have a very specific foreclosure terms, which says beyond a certain lock-in period, you can foreclose the car. However, you need to pay X number of rentals. The rentals are free. So a person upfront knows what he needs to pay. Now, I can wave that off if that person goes to another city and takes another car from me. So it's a flexibility that we provide. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at thepodium.in. That's ad at t-h-e-p-o-d-i-u-m dot in. 